T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The birds are in the Super Bowl. Media day is tonight, and uh, it's going to be a fun week. And when it's all over, I think we're going to have the Lombardi Trophy coming back to Philadelphia for the second time. All right, more on the birds. Let's uh, go to the man who is the main man in NBC Sports Philadelphia. He has been for a number of years. He's covered a couple of these Super Bowls, to say the least. Of course, when the Eagles make it, always a pleasure to talk to Mr. Michael Barkin. How you doing, Michael B.? Joey DiCamada, how are you? Good, buddy. Michael, you excited, Good man? This is big time, man. This is Michael. The Eagles are about to win another Super Bowl. You know that. I am never. Uh, first off, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, James. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I think the Eagles will. I think the Eagles are on the brink of that. And I, I thought that they would win in 2018, but I wasn't as certain as I am now. They were playing Brady's Patriots, after all and Bill Belichick's team, um, and I know they're playing Andy Reid, and I know they're playing a team with the Super Bowl uh, under its belt, Super Bowl title, and another appearance very recently, but uh, I, I just feel that this Eagles team overall is so dominant that they're going to win this game. So, I Michael, I, I agree with you, but here's the thing that's weird. They're only a point-and-a-half favorite. So is it that the nation is so dumb, or are we yeah. – it's that simple. They're dumb. It, no, no it's, it's not that necessarily that they're so dumb. It's the doubters. And I think a lot of it is the Jalen Hurts doubters. And mm-hmm. it, and it, it, it bothers me um, because uh, you guys know more in your pinkies than I know about football in my whole body. But let me tell you something. When I saw Jalen Hurts in a loss that first season, I think it might have been a second start at Arizona. Yep. And I came on the air on the postgame show, and I, and I said, you have just seen the future of the quarterback position for the Philadelphia Eagles. And Ray Dittinger and Seth Joyner and Barrett looked at me like I was insane. And, I, and, and I'm like, are, did you just see what I saw? Did you just see that, the way the guy plays the position, his poise, the fact that he runs when he needs to, he doesn't run when he doesn't need to, he, he's got a good arm, um, he can find the open receivers. And I just felt that, that he was going to be the man for the foreseeable future. And I know many disagree with me at that point in time. But I think the, the country, many in the country, 
And many, maybe it's the way he came up. Um, the fact that he was benched at Alabama, the fact that he, he was the number two guy after that, the fact that he transferred, all of that. The fact that he was drafted at all by the Philadelphia Eagles, um, I think he has been put in a position of, of to be doubted. And um, I don't doubt this kid. Uh, I don't know if he's completely healthy, but um, I, I think that that is why the, the nation, for the most part, is doubting on the Eagles. I, I do. I don't know what you all think. Michael, have you arrived at the point where you believe this is the best Eagles team of all time? John, that's a great question because it's come together other than those the veteran mainstays. This has come together pretty darn quickly when you, when you look at it all. Yeah. And I know many are calling it a rebuild. I don't know if I'd call it a, a, a rebuild. I, I guess when you have a new head coach in, in his second year, I guess you'd have to call it, and you're back in the Super Bowl, I guess you'd have to call it a rebuild. And so, I mean, you, you, you want to, you kind of want to sit back and wait and look at it from all sides and kind of examine it before you just say, this is the best Eagles team of all time. But, but do you have a better Eagles team um, that, that you could, that you could toss up that, that, um, now if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's a different story. I mean, it, it yeah. is about championships, but I would say, Knee-jerk, yes. If you look at their offensive line, their defense, the quarterback, the wide receivers, both wide receivers, the depth of wide receiver, the running backs, the depth at running back, um, uh, the secondary, all of it. Maybe maybe a weak spot has been punter. All that is true, but still, we've got Julian Love last week throwing shade at Nick Sirianni. you got Brandon Ayuk basically saying we were lucky to win it. Why are players we've faced throwing shade our way? I think it's jealousy. I think maybe maybe they think it's, they, they just faced like um, – a Bill Lee Epis pitch, and they should have hit it out of the park, and they failed <laughs> to do it. You know, uh, but but guess what? This is no. Even if it is an Epis pitch, um, whatever whatever they're tossing up there, the other team cannot touch. And and um, and I don't think this is a. We talked about this in 2017, and all the experts talked about it then. Maybe that's it too, guys. Maybe you remember. Everyone said, "Oh, this is just the first of many for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the first in a run." 2017 and wait till 18 and 19 but you don't count losing coordinators and you don't count losing free agents and and you don't count trying to put together a team each and every year and um bill parcells used to say that he used to say no 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 you don't you don't pick up where you left off the previous season you start at the same point and you try to exceed what you did the previous season faster than you did the season before it's not as easy as picking up where you left off so each season is unto itself. And um, I think this season, this Eagles team has, has just been it's, – it's been amazing. You know, I was saying to James before we came on, and we, we, when you have expectations placed upon you and you fulfill them or you succeed them, that is something to behold. And I said, only in Philadelphia, we talked about how great this moment was and how we loved it. And I said, can you imagine? I said, I want to be Boston, man. I want to win all those championships every single year. And I thought in Philadelphia, if we won like three three titles in four years, we'd be bitching about the one we lost. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tell you, Michael, I, if if the if Philly turns into that, and that was an extreme example, I think they had ten or eleven or twelve in like fifteen years or something. I, I WIP might explode. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, like I I just my brain can't comprehend that level of success, but. I'll tell you what, they've tapped into something with Hurts that could last for a long time. Now, I know I know Doug stood there and said new norm, and it certainly wasn't. But, man, he's really good, Michael. Michael, I, I, want, I want Sirianni to, at the podium to say this is the newer norm uh, to start yeah. his speech. I, I don't think that'll go over well. He won't do that. No, I, I, I don't think so. But I had a good friend of mine who said uh, this, was, this was probably last summer. Okay. And they were coming off a first-round loss. And my friend said, you know – I hear Nick Sirianni, and I'm not impressed. Yep. And I and I texted him back, and I said, "Bingo! I feel the same exact way. I hear Nick Sirianni, and I'm not impressed." The coach who says, "I put a picture of a flower up. It's coming through the ground, and the roots are growing out, and the roots are continuing to grow out. And the only way they continue to grow is if we water. We all fertilize. We all do our part. Yeah, you're right. And we all said." We all said, this is an NFL coach. This is what this guy's selling to his players. But guess what? 
if his players are lapping it up and they're playing for the guy and they're winning, well, yeah. Well, here's the question then, Michael. All all jokes aside, do we as fans and we as media, do we put too much into the whole press conference thing? Because Charlie's weren't good to start. He won a title. Doug's were borderline preposterous at times. He won a title. And Knicks were ridiculous, and he's about to win one. Yeah, I, I think we do. But I think it's understandable. I think we go by what we see initially, and it's like, prove me wrong. And so when he came up there, look, people who saw Nick that first day at his news conference, they saw and heard him. They, they thought it was an absolute disaster. I only heard him because it was during the pandemic, and we were, we were on uh, via Zoom, and I'm just listening to him. And I thought listening to him, okay, it's a new head coach. He's going through his first day news conference. I, I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was great. But I know a lot of people uh, who saw him was like the Nixon-Kennedy debate. A lot of people who saw it thought Kennedy won. A lot of people who heard it thought Nixon won. I just heard it. I thought Sirianni was good uh, or okay or acceptable. So, you know, but the bottom line is wins and losses. That's it. Yeah. We're, we're, not, we're not paid. They're not paid because they did a good job. It was a good try, you know. How much, for that. how much does Andy Reid's Super Bowl experience help the Chiefs? Um, I think I think it helps them, John, in that uh, you know when, when you're when you're in an arena where the where the pressure gets turned up that much more, and you've been there before, you, you know what the feeling is going to be like. You know how you respond to mm-hmm. the feeling. You know, we're, we're, they're all human beings. Uh, they play at a completely different level obviously, and you know that because you played at that level. It, it when, But you still there's still another step in the Super Bowl. The build-up to the Super Bowl, and you haven't covered them uh, before all of us. Um, you, we can feel it. I can feel it now. It's a different deal when there are just two teams remaining uh, in that octagon, and they're going to do battle, and everybody's talking about it for two weeks after they last played. And, and um, what everybody's saying about the Eagles, that they, the former uh, competitors, that they can't do it, et cetera, it's all about that buildup, and it's all about being able to focus. And, and then when you step in there, I can't even imagine that, John Richie. I can't imagine stepping on a field with everybody, 70,000 fans just screaming at you, whether they're for you or against you, just the, the, the vibe, the electricity, the energy – and having to just calm yourself down and being able to do your job, which is why I never played, you know, pro football. Well, Michael, you know what I've always told John that, that blows my mind away on a situation like this? So when John played in the Super Bowl and his name's announced, it's not only that a billion people in the world hear it, it's that the most famous people in the world hear it. All the living presidents heard, like, heard John's name, all the rock stars. I mean, like... These players get it. See, that, that's what w- would grab my attention. If I'm out there, I'm thinking to myself, th- like, those people are what? That would, for me, add extra pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, be- I'm just being honest. It's the whole world. No, it's the whole, wor- it's the whole yeah. world, including I'm – ju- I just think – I think it's a very cool everyone. aspect. Michael, is, you've, covered sure. some, you've covered Super Bowls with the Crazy. Eagles. What, what, um, what stands out to you from the past as far as the media day sort of thing or – the week of the Super Bowl that has stood out to you as, an, as a notable situation from the past involving the Eagles? Um, well, Jacksonville, the media day was on the field. Yep. And I don't know if, it's, I don't know if it still is anymore because I, I did not go to media day. I was in Minneapolis, obviously. Yeah, they do that whole we, big event thing. It's indoors yeah. now, and it's a whole different yeah. deal. Yeah. So, so which, And I guess that just shows how big it's grown. Right. That, that, that it's – but um, – in Jacksonville, I just remember uh, I, I remember how, how cold it was, and everyone talked about Florida, Florida, Florida. It was freezing cold. It was brutal. I hope they never have another Super Bowl there. And, and um, you know, I, I remember we were on, on the St. Uh, Lawrence River, and, and um, it, it, was, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a great time. What sticks out, what sticks out to me is, is the, the fans, really, the way yeah. the, the Eagles fans just – we heard it yesterday at Madison Square Garden. And, and uh, someone from the Knicks, I forget who, was going to the line to shoot free throws. And there's an Eagles chant or a fly, Eagles fly, going through Madison Square Garden. You think, you think lighting up the Empire State Building green was a problem. How do you think they all like that? It was, it, was, it was great. And the way we travel, I don't know how Chiefs fans travel, but, but um, it, it's, it's great to go out to another city, to a foreign town, and you see people from your – it's almost like your home. 
And um, it's that is really really cool. And I said I think that says everything about who we are as sports fans and what we feel about our teams. Because even when the Patriots were going through all that, we we had more fans than the Patriots. Not even close. Yeah, it won't be fifty fifty. No, no Super Bowl involving the Eagles will ever be fifty fifty. It'll it'll always no. tip the Eagles way. There's no question. Michael Barkan, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Not only all the Eagles coverage with Michael B and NBC Sports Philly, but also Michael. Just a quick Phil's question. Got to sneak it in here because they're about to crank it up somewhat soon. You getting pumped up for this year? I'm getting really pumped up. I just sent, sent a text. I should, should have put you guys on it, too. I just sent a text uh, to Ruben and Ricky Bowe and Ben Davis, and I'm walking into the office, and I'm, it's like a selfie video. And I said, you smell that? Can you, can you smell that? It's on the back burner right now. Can you smell it? It's baseball, baby. It's baseball. <laughs> and it's coming. Sure and, is. And I, I, I'm really excited about this team, even with Bryce on the bench. Um, rehabbing until the All-Star break, it, it's still gonna it's gonna be a thrill, and anything is possible for this Phillies team. Greatest sports city in the world, boys. Love it, man. Michael, stay well. Enjoy the week. I know you're heading out there in a few days. Enjoy it all, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, uh, my yeah, pleasure. There he is, Michael Barkan, NBC Sports, Philadelphia. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Chris in Northeast Philadelphia. Hi, Chris. Hey, how are you? Great, Chris. Um, I just had a question or a statement about the 49ers fans. Yeah, I they're... understand. I understand how we're Greeks, and I understand how low it's impossible to deliver. We're all human beings. A hard. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's talk to Joe in Mayfair. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy uh, Monday, and it is Super Bowl week, and I am excited and pumped up for this game this Sunday. Cannot wait. Yep. Can't wait. And. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think Philadelphia fans, for the most part, and we're all the same age, have been used to being confident in a team and winning when usually we're the underdog by not even by a little bit. You know, you go back to the Flyers, Red Wings in 97. You know, you you go to any championship, you're, you're not the favorite. The Sixers in 01, the Phillies in 93, you can yeah. go on and on and on. We're in a game where we're the favorite, and – as a sports fan who's usually an underdog or not the best team, different. It feels Very weird, different. doesn't it? It feels <laughs> weird. weird. It does, Joe. I agree yeah. with you. And, you know, it's like, can we feel this way? Can we feel confident that we have the best team? Can we feel confident in our defense being that good? Words has our season been a fraud because of schedule and cupcakes? And you hear all the noise and the chatter around the, around the country from a lot of idiots who are just bitter and jealous that they're not a Philadelphia sports fan living here and with our passion, and they live in crappy sports towns who don't have a clue on how to be a sports town uh, fan. So I am very confident in this team, and I, I think as the game goes on, I think this team's just going to gain momentum running downhill, and I know Mahomes is going to pull out some magic plays in his book. I don't see him pulling out a lot of magic in the red zone. I, I, I just don't. I, I don't think this team – that we've started with in training camp has had an agenda and they've not just walked the walks, uh, talked the talk, they've walked the walk every step of the way that they have been one day at a time, one play at a time, one game at a time. And I don't see that stopping. And I don't think if you follow this team the entire year that you can't just say to yourself, Hey, they, they are real. They've lost one game with this quarterback. This quarterback is the leader. The coach is a leader. They have so many leaders on this team and they have one goal. And I just don't see them falling short, not just because they say it, but they have the talent well, to do so I agree. All, Listen, all across the board. I agree. But I will tell you, Joe, I am struck by the fact that we're all thinking the way we are, and I also though do know intellectually the Chiefs are really good, too. I, and I can tell you why the line's one and a half. Which is it's what? Not because, because there's a lot of haters out there who just hate Philadelphia, and they're going to bet against us just because they hate us. And they followed Patrick Mahomes the last five years, and he is that damn good. So getting a point and a half with Pat Mahomes and the fact you have so many people who right. hate Philadelphia out there, of course they're going to put more money on the Chiefs getting a point and a half. And you take a teaser, which is a huge bet in your bowl, take a seven and a half with the Chiefs. Seems like a lock. And that's why I don't think it's going to happen. I think Eagles win by at least 14, probably more. Ooh. I really do. All right, Joe, give me an answer. Number one question you'd ask someone from sports. Before I get that, you had the wrong person from Ozark. There was nobody more feistier than Wendy Byrne. Nobody in the history of television as a female. Oh, I don't agree. She didn't care. She didn't care who what was in her way. Even her own husband. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't call her feisty. I'd call her ruthless. That's different. I thought Ruth was ruthless. No pun intended. But I'm yeah. going to ask a question. 
to the best baseball player who ever lived, who was shorted four years. And if you look at Ted Williams' stats, they were astonishing missing four years. Yep. Being the best hitter on the planet and loving the game as much as you did, how did you deal with that for four years not being able to play the game that you love? Yeah. Well, Joe, appreciate the call, and I'm sure he answered that question, uh, I would imagine. I mean, obviously his war history was uh, well documented. 215-592-9494. All right, speaking of the uh, feisty uh, thing there, John, I have the 10 o'clock hour poll results in hand. So the four choices, who's the feistiest character? Frank Costanza from Seinfeld, Louis De Palma from Taxi, Ruth from Ozark, or Tommy from Goodfellas. John, who do you think Uh won this poll? Well, hold on. Mm. Who should win the poll? I know Tommy from Goodfellas is so it's so hard to beat because it is such quality, you know, because Goodfellas is so high up there in everyone's yep. estimation. He's not the right answer. Louis De Palma from Taxi is the right uh, answer. A higher percentage of his time is him being feisty. I'm just being honest. All the, all the guy does is be feisty the whole time. Seltzer, who should? Feistier than Tommy. I was thinking yeah. Tommy. I mean, Tommy, Tommy got Tommy's so feisty, feisty guys. killed people. I guess I yeah. get it. He shoots spider and the whole deal. Like I get it. I think I, he I'm was able it. to show some additional feistiness because of the, the rating. Well, he's the one guy that's a criminal. Well, him and Ruth. Two, two people here are criminals. John, uh, you would go uh, Tommy. Yeah. James would go Tommy. I go uh, Louis De Palma. John, where do you think the, the voting result went here? I think I think Tommy wins. I, I think there's no way Taxi uh, ranks high with the interest. Tommy did not win. Louis De Palma did not win. Ruth from Ozark did not win. Wow. Frank Costanza won, and he was feisty, but that's the wrong choice. That's the wrong choice. I'm surprised. All right, we open up the second hour's uh, poll. Same question: Who's the feistiest of these characters? Four choices. James always put them in alphabetical order. Here's what we got: Carla from Cheers, Ooh. Curly from The Three Stooges. <laughs> Mickey from Rocky. Oh, wow. And Tanner from the Bad News Bears. All outstanding choices. You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. We'll find out in the 12 o'clock hour who, who wins that one. That's a, tough, that's a tough, tight one also. I don't think that one's that tight. Uh, let me think about it. I got I to I dwell on that. Let's go to T and Olney. Hi, T. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great, T. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. So I'm super pumped. I know it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> But I am super pumped. Um, I think we will win. I think we uh, need to make sure we're attacking Mahomes while he's in the pocket, making him skittish. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, maybe by a field goal or a touchdown. Um, I do not like that Mahomes is compromised. Um, I've been keeping my ear to the ground on different commentators and things like that, and there's so much hate towards our team in terms of, Oh, we didn't really play anybody. We had an easy schedule. Now Mahomes is compromised. So I, I just really wish that he was 100%. That's neither here nor there. Um, I, I believe in our team, and I think we are going to win. It's going to be a tough game. Um, I think as a fan base, maybe we are a little overconfident. Not myself, but as a fan base. But I don't think our guys are overconfident. I think they're very humble. I think they know who and what they're going up against, and that's all that matters as long as they know what they're going up against. Um, yeah, I don't worry about them. Great with yeah, that. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, my question that I would ask, I would ask Doug for the 2021 season, did he really intentionally tank that game for our benefit? And you asking that to Doug or you asking that to Howie? To Doug. Listen, I, okay, T, good answer. Here's the only thing, though. I think we know the answer. They tanked. Mm-hmm. Right, John? Mm-hmm. Seltzer, they did tank, yeah, 100 right? million percent, yes. Yeah. And was that Sudfeld? Uh, who he brought in? Yeah. Was he still around at that point? Yeah. I think it was. That's what I think it was. So, which is part of what made it so ridiculous, because it was like his fifth year in the league or fourth year in the league. Yeah, and like, he said, oh, he needs, I he needs say reps. Him. I want to get him the yeah, reps like, what or you, whatever. Yeah. Like, if it was a dude no one ever heard of, then it's like, it makes a little bit more sense in theory. Is he still in the league? Yeah. Sudfeld, I think so. Yeah, I think, uh, man, he might be with the Colts. Nate Sudfeld. Oh, if they have the Colts, then it's all they're all the Colts then. Uh, he Carson is, Nick, uh, the Lions. <laughs> He's with the Lions. Nate Sudfeld. All right, let's go to Anthony in South Philly. Yo, Anthony. Hi, Joe. How are you, pal? Hi, John. Hey, what's up, Anthony? All right, buddy. Joe, I want to give you a little, um, well, a little reality check, I guess, after all the uh, comments about eight, uh, and one or two point spread. I was looking at some stats, and uh, the Chiefs are the number one rated pass-blocking offensive line in the league, and the Eagles are the number one rated 
run-blocking line in the week. Wow. So that tells you a little bit there. And also, the, Chief, the Eagles, we all know, are the sack leader in the league. But the number two team leader in the league for sacks is the Chiefs. So uh, I think that's why you're getting a one- or two-point spread there. Plus, you got the X-Factor with Mahomes. And we don't know how injured the Chiefs are. they got about six guys that are hurt. And one guy, the receiver, is definitely not playing. I can't think of who it is. Hegman or uh, Tony, I'm not sure. Uh, but one guy's definitely out with a growing injury for the Super Bowl. So I think that's why you got what you got as far as your spread. Well, it could be. I'll tell you what's amazing about the Eagles being a favorite is how unusual it is in reference to the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs, are until this week, until last week, that is, an NFL record 14 straight games that they've been a favorite in the playoffs. Mahomes has never been a playoff yeah. underdog. Yeah. Now, he's lost games, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but he's just never gone in as an underdog. It's a remarkable yeah. thing, though. Right. Wow. Anthony, give me a big answer, man. What's a question you'd ask someone in sports through the years? Okay, uh, I'll go to an iconic moment in NFL history, uh, Joe Montana. On the catch with Dwight Clark, were you throwing the ball out of the back of the end zone or were you going throwing the ball to Dwight Clark? All right, you got it, Anthony, to the catch. I mean, I think we know I think we know he was trying to connect with Dwight Clark, but in a way that only Dwight Clark could get it. That's what I've always interpreted. John, do you have a ruling on that? They run, they, they, they had run that play five million times and he knew he could put it up there and Dwight could go get it. That's, That's what, what I, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, there's the famous video of Bill Walsh saying, if you don't have it, just throw it away. But, you know, he threw it in a spot where it was, it was gettable. It was tough, but it was gettable. 215-592-9494. Up ahead, we got to put a bow on one of the most ridiculous things we have ever, ever, ever seen in sports. Frankly, one of the biggest disgraces in modern sports history. There was a wrap-up, at least, of that that part of the saga over the weekend. What it is, tell you next. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. Hey, Valentine's Day is almost here. And, guys, it's crunch time. And if you're still dragging your feet, here's my advice. Get yourself to Family and Company Jewelers in Marlton, New Jersey. They have an amazing selection of gifts at every price point, so you are guaranteed to walk out with something that will make you look like an all-star this year. Visit their showroom on Route 70 in Marlton, New Jersey, and tell them Joe DeCamera sent you. They'll take great care of you. You can always count on the crew at Family and Company Jewelers, the expertise, quality people. I mean, just a wonderful showroom. FamilyJewelers.com. That's FamilyJewelers.com. Family and Company Jewelers, South Jersey's diamond destination. All right, Joe to camera, John Ritchie, 94 WIP. We'll get to the Kyrie Irving situation this segment, but I got to just say before we even get to that, John, how about that ridiculous? Did you see the Ben Simmons outfit over the weekend? What looked like it was inflatable, that thing? I mean, does he think what it's it? funny, or or does he actually think it's effective to... Like haute couture. He's got, he's he's next level fashion now. He is a true loser. What matters? So, what so you matters saw this thing, right? Ben Simmons. I, yeah, I saw Does it. basketball matter, or does being a spectacle matter? A spectacle's a good way a, to put it. Being the focus <laughs> of, of, like fans eyes and ire and and questions like is that his, his MO? I, I, i'm just gonna look as outlandish as possible so people talk about me because my play on the court doesn't get it done i, I don't know man it's i unbelievable man this guy is wired every which way wrong it, it, i never seen anything like it not yeah. not him nothing like that in my whole life Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll get to the Kyrie Irving thing this uh, segment also. It's one of the biggest disgraces ever. Let's go to Greg in Philadelphia right now. Hi, Greg. Hey, sorry, I'm not ready yet, Joe. We can put you on hold, Greg. No problem. You you get yourself situated. Let's talk to Mark right now. Yeah. Mark, are you calling from the great state of Nevada? Nevada, but okay, yeah. Oh, Nevada. <laughs> so what did I say, Nevada? Well, just you say what you want, but just if you, if you guys or anybody comes out here, just do yourself a favor by saying Nevada. Okay, John, what do you know. what do you say, John? Uh, I've heard people say it's Nevada, but what do you say? Uh, I'll probably try to say. Look, Nevada. I said Nevada. No, John, what is the, the state moment. next to California? You got to answer in one second. I think I say Nevada. Nevada. Not no, Nevada. you're you're a little you're Nevada. a little I'm, you're half and half. I'm, Nevada. I'm from Philly. I said I said Nevada up until I moved here, and I learned real quick. Yeah, well, I, I would do it right to their faces. I wouldn't care. Boys, go birds. This time next week, I'm going to be in a rental van with the whole family. Kids' questionable grades, no doubt. I'm getting in the van, and we're coming for the parade. There you go. And before I forget, 
Saturday, I saw two bald eagles, and they both got eagles chance at them. Wow. One was for Super Bowl 52, second one was for you-know-what. Nice. I like that. Um, it's an I, omen. It's a sign. Oh, yeah. The, the national media, I think it, it, you've been talking about it. it. speaks to I think it speaks to the uh, the spread and everything. We get we it's just such a bias against us. It's not even funny. That's why the whole no one likes us, we don't care thing is great. I mean, it's nonsense. Everybody cares, but I mean, yeah. people are even jealous of that. I mean, like I was trying to watch. I have I'm looking at NFL Network. You know, how many times do you watch a, a Super Bowl replay? How many times? you think they play Super Bowl 52? They don't. I know I have it on record. They had it on the list yesterday. I was trying to watch that. I clicked it on. It was a different Super Bowl, even though the, the – uh, So that's the, an outrage. It, 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 they, everybody hates us. It's just the way it is. I mean, they, I think they, it's, they, it's they do. I will say everybody now because Jalen is so likable. Yeah. But it's just the bias is so, so clear. They are biased. Although I will say I don't, I don't necessarily buy that for why a betting line is what it is. I mean – when people bet, I, no, I think it's like you said, the, the people the bet. Pe- pe- people to bet to win. I mean, come on, people bet to win. So if you're going to bet, you're going to bet what you really think is going to happen. Especially if you're not a fan. The only exception I would say is I could see Eagles fans being more inclined to vote for the Eagles and bet for the Eagles, and Chiefs fans more inclined to vote bet for the Chiefs. Like I wouldn't make a bet against the Eagles because I, that would not be enjoyable for me to watch a game and profit from an Eagles loss. So I would never make that bet. But people from all the other teams and all the people that don't have a team, they're going to bet what they think. And they think this game is going to be incredibly close. And I find that bizarre because I don't think it will be. It's just like you brought up Will Bowen earlier. I've had to hear uh, uh, LeVar Arrington cry about uh, the fans and oh, they, and he's so butthurt still. It's like you're a professional athlete, have the skin to go along with it. You know, if you stop to think about it and put yourself in a different perspective, what it would mean to play for those fans. That's what home field advantage is. All right, Mark, give me a give me an answer, man. A question you'd ask somebody. OJ, did you do it? Yeah, that's a big one right there. Again, this is predicated on you get an honest answer. Uh, I think that's one of those ones we probably know the answer. I would probably ask why you did it instead of if you did it. Oh, that's we know, right? (laughs) That's an interesting question. What is the theory behind the why there, James? I don't know. I mean, like, there's you know X Y. There's a lot of different stuff. Yeah, you know. That's, a, that's that's an interesting question. Let's go to Greg in Philadelphia. Hi, Greg. Hey, Joe, John, James, how you doing? Super, Greg. Uh, hey, uh, listen, sorry about that. Yeah, I, you sued me for a loop because I had the immaculate reception and I had to do a quick pivot. Yeah. So, but hey, listen, I just wanted to say that uh, you know this is kind of a little similar to 1980. You know what I mean? We had the Union, we had the Phillies. They were so close. Especially that union game that was a tough letdown. Here now we got the Eagles, and I'm telling you, it does look good. I don't want to put all my eggs in the basket because we still got that Philadelphia thing, and I don't want to have that Negadelphia. I'm not about that. But I just, you know what I mean? I I just don't want to be – I feel like Jalen is the guy. It looks like it. He's shown me some stuff now. He's improved. The two biggest questions was him and Gannon. I feel like they both have stepped forward. So we'll see. But I don't know about the Sixers, man. I was kind of hoping last night that was a terrible letdown. But, you know, I, I feel like Joel needs to just bang the boards a little bit. There was a couple times where huh. they were getting those second chances. Yeah. I know. I don't want to. Sorry that I'm rambling. Out. I want to get a lot in. I'm I'm sorry. But also. Uh, that, John, it was crushing. John. It was crushing, Greg. The, like the, sure the, 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 sure. the balls that just bouncing in the open court, it felt like we got none of them. And and there were times where Joel did not box out, and whoever that was, that fifty-five guy who fouled out—I don't even remember his name—looked like a world beater out there, grabbing every rebound. Hey, I, but it was cool to hear that Eagles chant. I don't know if you guys heard that Eagles chant. Yeah, at MSG. yeah, that yeah. usually doesn't happen. That usually does not happen. Well, that especially in MSJ, that's a that's a sweet spot for that to happen. Of course, yeah. of course. Greg, Absolutely. give me Greg, give me a question you would ask someone from the world of sports, dead or alive. Oh, uh, well, I'm a big uh, back in the day guy, so uh, to pivot, I mean, I would have to go with you know I believe Pete Rose and Joe Jackson belong in the Hall of Fame, so I would ask if Joe Jackson. I really believe he didn't take the money there. He knew about it, but come on, man. He killed it in the World Series. But that would probably be it. So the question is, 
What? Did, did you Joe take Jackson the money? Take the money. Were you part of throwing the World Series? That's a good question. Were you part of throwing the World Series? That, that, that's John. I was struck by your use of the word. Uh, what did you say? Uh, did you say crushed me? Whatever you said. You you really bothered that much by the Sixers game yesterday? Yeah. Why? Were, well, they were they were up twenty one. Uh, we've seen this trend where we jump out in a first quarter. And then I don't know why we can't seem to hold on to. Well, the bench obviously leads. struggled, but that's okay. I mean, they've, they've the had a good run. They've been just... really solid, yeah. and we we didn't get that solid play from them yesterday. I, I just felt like it was a a lackluster level of desire. You know, when you're talking about those fifty fifty balls, like you don't get any of them. Watching those offensive rebounds repeatedly, yeah. like. By the Knicks, that was it was disgusting to watch, and I know part of it is Joel is is lingering out in three point land, setting screens and that sort of thing. So it's harder for him to be paint bound and and you know lined up for boxing out and rebounding. But man, it killed us. It it totally killed us. I'm just the, surprised the to hear you. That guys that's, hitting yeah. the hitting the ground, going for the the I'm loose shocked. balls. That was that was a an ugly loss look it is a bad loss but it's just a loss it happens to be at a time when i'm in a really good mood in philadelphia an sports i'm not that worried about it and and the knicks just played a game to overtime the night before that they lost so should have been you know yeah, depleted know. and exhausted and and we weren't able to capitalize like here's what that. a buddy of mine te- took them too lightly well could be but he, a buddy of mine texted me this and he was fired up like you were john he texted me he said nice fourth quarter by the knicks but this game is a perfect example of why the Sixers are a second-tier championship team. I, look, I'll, I'll just say I wasn't that bothered by it. I mean, they've been on a good run. They're allowed to lose a game from time to time. The bench has done a good job. It had a bad game. Uh, you know, I mean, we'll say we're going we're gonna to find out in a couple months how so far. It's just frustrating. It's frustrating because it was a game that we should have. The Sixers should have won. And those I, are the games. That if you go where we expect this team to go, yeah. you know, to continue the greatness we've got working in our city, they're going to have to win games like no, that. No, I get it. I get it. Let's go to Gary in Whitehall right now. Hi, Gary. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Super, Gary. Super. Yeah, I am super, super pumped. Can't wait for the birds to win another Super Bowl. Yep. It's uh, amazing. Hey, I got a quick question for you. Remember all this slack? That uh, Nick Sirianni and the whole Eagles staff took way back in July and August. Yes, of course. Uh, the, the lack of the lack of contact, no tackling uh, during camp and practice, and yes, amazing how it worked out that uh, we don't have any significant injuries and the Chiefs do. It is amazing, and I remember back when we were when I was complaining during training camp. I was taking a close look at the way Andy Reid was running his camp at the time. And I was saying, well, he's out there practicing for two and a half hours. We're out there for 54 minutes. You know, Andy Reid seems to have a good finger on the pulse of what makes a team tick and how to work this thing in the NFL. And he was practicing harder than we were. And now, yeah, yeah you look at the, the injury report that you've got. You've got guys who are probably going to be out for the Chiefs uh, in, in a big game. McCall Hardeman, I think our, our caller earlier mentioned yep. McCall Hardeman. Uh, he's likely doubtful, you know, r- right now. And he's been a big part of their offense. Andy Reid has really included him, and, and he's become a real weapon for them. Yeah. That helps well, us exactly. immensely. And, and, I mean, they, they have a slew of receivers, but they don't, I mean, they don't have, uh, you know, Echelon like we have. They don't. No. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, we honestly, win that matchup. Gary, honest but, to God, they probably have below average wide receivers. If right. you really size up the whole league, I think it's fair to say their their combination of receivers is actually below average. I think their best wide receiver is a guy that they don't even really go too much. And he's a rookie, uh, the Sky Moore guy. I'm worried a little bit that, you know, they use him more in this game you know, with uh, guys hurt. Juju right. Smith Schuster's he's been, you know, solid. Yeah, he's not Nothing what he used to be. Spectacular. Yeah. Uh that Marquez Valdez Scant- Scantling, yeah. I, I don't know what to make of him. But Kadarius Tony, not worried about him. I am worried about Sky Moore because he runs really great routes. And uh, you know, a young guy doesn't know what he doesn't know kind of thing where he's gonna go out there and, and cut it loose if given the opportunity. He's yeah. he's pretty good. He, and he's got the speed. 
Yes. Gary, give me a big answer, man. You get to ask someone a question from sports history. What are you asking? Uh, Tom Brady, did you really have them deflate the balls? You know, yeah. So, yes. I was trying to think if there's a better question to ask within that topic, but I guess that's probably pretty much it. Did you have them deflate the ball? I mean, the only – yeah, that's the right question. We're, yeah, that's fine. Um, all right, let me tell you what's not fine, and, and let's just put a bow on the Kyrie Irving Brooklyn thing, guys. I, I don't want to spend more than 90 seconds on this. Eagles are about to play in the Super Bowl. But the reality is we can't let something like this go by and not discuss it. I mean, guys, this is one of the greatest disgraces in modern sports history. I, I, I just – you know, when people say sometimes – people will come to me and say, oh, Joe, you're too hard on the NBA. I do get that. I get that on the air sometimes, and I get that off the air. Oh, Joe, you're too hard on the NBA. You don't understand – like, this is Exhibit A. Like, Ben Simmons isn't even Exhibit A. Ben Simmons is Exhibit B. This is Exhibit A. I mean, this, this is a disgrace. I mean, here's a guy, if you don't know, that was, no, think about it. He was in a contract negotiation with the Brooklyn Nets last week. They're discussing the possibility of him getting a new contract. The Nets aren't willing to pay him what he wanted. So he says two-thirds the way through his season, then you have to trade me. I mean, we don't know that he said I won't play. Here's what we do know. He didn't play in the next game. He obviously did not want to play for them. Not only demands a trade, but then sits out the game. By the way, a game, and I really hope someone sues the NBA, and they're probably not going to get anywhere with it, but I'll just say this. I hope someone sues the NBA for some form of fraud or something. A game in which the... Brooklyn Nets officially listed Kyrie Irving out with, quote, calf soreness. Hmm. Hmm. And don't you have to have some sort of uh, hmm. honesty on those uh, reports? Or I mean, I want someone to sue the Nets for fraud. Because if you bought a ticket to that game, and no one around here did, but wherever that game was, I don't know if it was in Brooklyn or some other town, like, he didn't miss the game because of calf soreness. And by the way, I take issue with ESPN and other outlets because I saw this. I'm looking at one right now. This was on, I think it was Saturday. John, an outlet. Here's what it says. Nets Irving sits out Saturday's game with a calf injury. Like, how can someone be so dumb? How do you not say Kyrie Irving sits out the game with what the team says is a calf injury? By the way, he did have an injured body part, and I tell you this, it wasn't his calf. (laughs) And I'm not going to say what it was. I mean, John, just you were a dude that when you played, you laid it on the line. It was none of this nonsense. Mm -hmm. This is why, and by the way, he does get his wish. He gets the trade. This is why it's hard to get down with the NBA. John Ritchie, go ahead. Well, it's it's about uh, accountability, and he has not had any uh, to speak of for quite a long time. The thing that's so befuddling about this is, I I forget what game it was uh, a week ago. I was watching uh, Kyrie Irving. When he is dialed in. Oh, he's so good. He is unstoppable. He's remarkable. He is an unstoppable. It, he is. We, talk, we talked last week about tiers of quarterbacks. Kyrie Irving, you could put him. You, you, could, you could say and defend the idea that he is the scariest offensive threat in the NBA if he wants to be. That's what's so annoying about all this. I know. He is that good that he gets to call the shots. And he gets to de- deteriorate the, like the fabric of the NBA while calling those shots because he's misguided. He is a, a misguided, immensely talented player. Yeah. And he is uh, part of the problem. I mean, his attitude is part of the problem. And other guys are going to see what he's doing and say, well, hey, maybe uh, if I keep working yeah. on my game, I can do that too. It's just, I can work outside the lines, outside the rules that apply to everyone else in the world. It's disgusting. So, so if you have anything to add. Well, remember, what I just thought of, like, what was it, like two weeks ago, we played that Kyrie audio where he took a shot at Harden yeah. being like, yeah. oh, this year everybody's in, no one's yeah. half in, half out, all that. That was like two weeks ago. And he's requesting a trade. It is Asinine! It is like one of the, to your point, one of the more ridiculous things. No, it's awful. I look. I don't know what the solution is for the league. Obviously, it's the next collective bargaining agreement. They're going to try to attack these situations. I don't know how you put provisions in to prevent it. I really don't. I, I mean, I'd have to think about it. It's tricky, but uh, it's a disgrace. It's an absolute, complete disgrace. Two one five five nine two ninety four. Mavericks. I mean, 
with Luca well, and Kyrie on the same court. That's uh, yeah. The only problem is Kyrie doesn't do well sharing the ball too much, so that's going to be an interesting dynamic. By the way, it does make it easier for the Sixers, unless the Nets take all those draft picks they got, and they're saying they're going to try to trade them to get Kevin Durant help. But if they don't get Kevin Durant help, the Sixers' chances to get to the finals just went up. We and, saw Kyrie do incredibly well with LeBron, and. Luca, you know, like LeBron is a I guy know. who's ball dependent. But that was prime LeBron. LeBron. I mean, look, okay. listen, I mean, Luca is pretty they, impressive too. I, I mean, know, like, I know. If we're talking about isolation, like you got Luca now, you got Kyrie. Yeah. Both guys can win whenever they want. I'm just saying, the guy's an idiot. The guy's an idiot. He is an idiot, but he just made the Dallas Mavericks. I get the, it. The team to beat. Well, I don't think they're the team to beat, but they're up there. Let's go to Dan in Philadelphia. What's going on, Dan? What's up, boys? How are we today? Hey, Dan. Can somebody answer this hate question for me? Like, I don't think I've ever noticed a team hated on so much, especially that made it to the Super Bowl. Like, this 49ers player, I don't want to mess his name up. Like, I messed up. Brandon Ayuk. Yes. <laughs> um, why? Why come out and just start trashing the Eagles like that? Like, and then you have these announcers saying, uh, Jalen Hurts, nobody even thinks he's the MVP. Of course they do. He's in the running for it. Like, I just don't understand the hate, and I want to know how much IU put down on the game since he's so sure <laughs> yeah. that the 49, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to beat the Eagles. So Look, it's, I, it's the way I've never he justifies seen it. I don't understand it. it. It's, the way, it's the way Brandon Ayuk is rationalizing a, a terribly painful loss. Yeah, I've, been, I've been in his shoes where the, the other team broke our quarterback in a conference championship game, and that feeling of loss starts way before the game ends because you know you don't really have a chance. That and and that's I mean he's despondent and he's just sort of lashing out trying to rationalize why his team has to sit at home and watch the Super Bowl. Like I, I sort of get it, but I think what he said is, man, it it does sound I don't know, sort of childish lashing out uh over the top impetuous well, and also just sour grapes and 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 that's what what that's, it is that's what it is it's sour yeah. grapes dan i've never seen anything like it that's the guys from the giants they're talking about the coaches like it's just wild to me like you know so well the thing you want right, to here's the thing they're i want mad and they're mad the, the guy from the giants uh watching nick sirianni they got him i mean they backed him into a corner they're showing video of nick sirianni like you know getting in fans' faces and celebrating I, 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 and all that. And it was just, like, too raw for him to handle. And uh, the, he went off. These guys don't like us because we're so much better than they are. In the Super Bowl, everybody's talking how great each team is and how good. It just seems like it's just, like, bashing the Eagles. They don't belong in there by accident. You know, it's, yeah. it's just wild. Look, Dan, yeah. I think some of it is still the style of play of Hurts. I'm not saying this is the, the IU case, but I do believe there are people nationally – that believe because Hurts plays with that style that's predicated on running and faking running and all that, college offense, people just think it's, like, illegitimate. It's less dignified. Yeah, less, dig- less dignified. Yeah. I agree, Dan. Listen, people used to say the same thing about the three-point shot. It's Mickey Mouse. It's uh, a little Vogue thing here. It's going to fall out of Vogue. It's, you know. But, listen, it honestly, God, they used to say the same thing about, you know, trying to hit home runs. And then it's like, oh, no, this home run thing works. Hit home runs. Dan, give me an answer. Question you would ask someone in sports. I, I, I want to know if the Patriots really did Spygate and they cheated. That has – I'll write that one down. Slightly different than what we've had. It's similar, but it's slightly different. Let's go to Rav right now. Rav, you're on WIP. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great, Rav. I am bittersweet already. Um, I moved to Philly in 2017, so I've already had one literally the year that I moved here. Jeez. So I'm, I'm hype about this. Good. Um, so, yeah. So I, I have really almost no comments on the birds other, other than they're winning. They're winning. It's it. It's simple. <laughs> We're done. I like, expect it. And that's cutting to the I'm chase. I'm getting that parade ready. I'm taking my kid out of school. Makes no difference. We're going downtown. We're doing that again. Let's go. Yeah, I agree with you. So right, Rav, give me the question you'd ask someone in sports. Uh, I think the question is to Russell Wilson um, in that Super Bowl with that last audible throw and not handing it off to Marshawn Lynch and then basically handing the Patriots that one. 
why? Why didn't you just hand the ball off? Well, I'll answer that. That's an easy one because it's the play the, call, the coach called. <laughs> that's, that's the answer to that question. By the way, they did have to do a passing play if they were going to do four downs. People might not remember that. They had, I believe it was one timeout. So they did have to pass the ball on either second or third down. A lot of people forget that. Otherwise, the clock would have run out. So they could not do two running plays and get all the plays in and still had a fourth down. People forget that. Um, but obviously, uh, the way they attacked it did not work. 215-592-9494. I'll tell you what did work. Brent Selleck as an Eagle and the Eagles in 2017. Coming up next, we'll talk to Brent Selleck, Super Bowl champion. Brent Selleck, as the birds get ready to play another one. And, uh, of course, Brent, a Super Bowl champ. He'll join us next about that experience and you know seeing the birds this time around. Selleck next. All the phone calls in 12 o'clock hours well. On 94 WIP. The birds are in the big game and everyone is so excited, especially my friends over at the Bush Auto Group. They're great people. They're huge birds fans and they're running a Philly special of their own in honor of our team's success. Right now, when you purchase any vehicle from one of their four great locations, Exton Nissan, Nissan 422 of Limerick, Infinity of Westchester, or Infinity of Ardmore, you get over $3,000 in bonus value to help maintain your vehicle and keep the cost of ownership down. With the prices of almost everything going up, the amazing team over at the Bush Auto Group does just the opposite. They're driving costs down. They also pride themselves on their selection. Not only are they your local spot for a great selection of new Nissans or Infinities, but they have over 300 pre-owned vehicles in stock. When you're looking for your next vehicle, choose the Bush Auto Group. Visit them online today at bushautogroup.com. That's B-U-S-H autogroup.com. And when you see them in store, tell them John Ritchie sent you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.